Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. Amen. I want to turn your attention to, uh, first of all, the book of Daniel, chapter 11. Over the next few days, uh, under the direction of God's Spirit, we're going to extract some lessons from the life of Ruth. This, initially, what is a tragic story, ultimately ends up being a triumphant story through the life of Ruth. Uh, It fittingly represents the church the bride of Christ. She, through tragedy, through separation and being separated seemingly from the people and the plan of God, is brought in under the covering of a kinsman redeemer who would be like our Christ who accepts her in and through her determination and refusal to be identified with loss, Ruth becomes this ultimate great example to us, the bride of Christ, that God has a plan for us, that he has not forgotten us. And even in the darkest moments of our life, he's with us and he's here today. I want to minister under a subject entitled alone with him. Father, I release you to work in our midst right now. Let the gifts of your spirit be tangible. Let them be accessible. Make it easy for us to hear. Make it easy for us to comprehend. I speak against powers that have confused or wearied or frustrated the plan of God. I release the work of God in this house, in these families, in this church, in this region. Father, I thank you for what you've done, for what you're about to do. Touch your servant. To speak according to your perfect will in Jesus' name. I want you to clap your hands and make hell nervous. We're fixing to have church in here. Somebody ought to just shout to the Lord. Sit down if you'd like to. We have individually and corporately come through a very odd season over the last several months of this last year. A time of isolation, a time of confusion and separation, seemingly for some, a very tragic situation. Uh, the, the word on the street has been that we have been forcibly kept out of the house of God, forcibly been kept from being able to worship together, from being able to connect together with one another And yet God has worked contrary to our understanding or perception of what's going on. I would submit to you right now at the onset of these meetings that we are on the periphery of one of the most powerful works of the Spirit ever witnessed in the human dimension. And God is doing it with us right here at Calvary. Aren't you thankful today? that God has invited us in to see history made among us, this revival that we've been praying into, pressing into over the last several weeks, has been in the heart and the mind of God. Now, if you study the Word of God at all, you will find a recurrent subject matter. That every time God prepares to do something with an individual, 
a nation or a group of people, before he reveals his plan and his power and revelation, he will isolate that group of people or that individual and he will quarantine them, if you please. And he will reveal something powerful about himself. The book of Daniel talks about the time in which we live. The 11th chapter of the book of Daniel, verse number 32, references a moment when wicked will do wickedly against the covenant then corrupt by flattery, but, or however, the people that do know their God will be strong and do exploits. This is a reference to a people who intimately have a knowledge having been alone with him. God has been imparting some things upon us. And if you look through biblical history, he always will set aside quarantine or isolate individuals. He'll take Noah with only eight members of family and put him in a boat from the rest of the world. He sent Abram from the Ur of the Chaldeans away from his family alone with him. He sent Jacob across Jabbok to wrestle there with an angel until the break of day. He sold Joseph into slavery. He sent Moses to Midian. He sent David to Adullam. He sent Jeremiah to Babylon. He sent Daniel to the lion's den. He sent Jonah to the belly of a whale. He sent Paul to the deserts of Arabia. He sent John to the Isle of Patmos and even he alone himself allowed himself in the grave to be quarantined from humanity locked behind a stone and there wrestled the keys of hell and death out of the hands of the devil himself and rose to be victorious. I'm telling you that God right before he reveals his anointed ones, he asked isolates them. He separates them. I need you to tell your adversary right now I'm not as alone as I thought I was. I'm not as afraid as I thought I was. But God has been setting me up for something along with him. Oh, I wish I could get some church folk in here. You ought to be awake by now. The Lord has been working in our midst. I know it's been an agonizing time. I know it's been a frustrating time. But this is how God reveals His power and His glory. Maybe you've gone through personally, emotionally, mentally, physically a battle over the last several months. But God is preparing to do something in your life. He has separated you. We haven't been kept out from the house of God. We've been called in with Him. You see, the enemy tries to gain power over us. Tries to isolate us and intimidate us and frustrate us to, to try to convince us that somehow God has left us. But I heard him when he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I heard him when he said, if you take the wings of the utmost height and fly to the heavens, I'm there. I heard him when he said, if you made your bed in hell, I'd still be there. I heard 
heard him when he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I am not alone, for thou art with me. Thou rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou prepare a table for me in the presence of mine enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup. I wish I could get somebody. I'm alone with him. I've been shut in with him, with the anointed one. Somebody ought to shout to him. Somebody ought to give him praise. You're alone, Jacob. But this wrestling match isn't to take you out. This wrestling match is to identify who you are and what you've had in your power all along. So tell your adversary, don't let me go until the day breaks. And don't let me go until you bless me. Because this ain't about taking me out. This is about identifying me with him. Alone with him. Agony. We can relate the frustration we can relate but somehow we've come to understand any time that God wants to reveal something he brings the subject into aloneness with him Daniel said in the original idea in which Daniel's uh, terms were written his prophecy was understood in the original language The idea of knowing an individual has to do with being intimately alone with that individual. Has to be, uh, has to do with uh, the bride and the groom. It has to do with the consummation of a marriage covenant. So Daniel, in literal terms, is saying, wicked will do wicked, but she who has been alone with him will come out and do great exploits. She will come out having birthed children. I need to let you know that God has brought us into the chambers because he wants to birth something through his bride. Are you hearing me? I'm not heard an old songwriter sing a long time ago. No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. But he's brought me into his banqueting house. His banner over me is love. And he's about to give birth to something. So I may be alone, but it's alone with him. My my best friend is the great I am. I may seem lonely. I may not have crowds after me, but I have an audience of one, and that's all that matters. To some, sending John in the New Testament to the Isle of Patmos looked like a sentence of death. But on the contrary, sending John to isolation was a recipe for revelation. And John never told the story about how he didn't get a phone signal. John never told the story about how that he didn't get to be with his family or see his friends. But John said, they put me by myself. I got alone in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard a voice behind me saying, come up higher. I want to show you something. The revelation of Jesus alone with him there's some things that isolation affords the child of God 
First of all, being alone with him gives us power to confront us. Your worst enemy. You could cast out all hell with your left pinky. But it'll take you a lifetime to defeat the devil that lives in you. Being left alone with him gives us power to confront us. And put the things of life into proper perspective, if you please. Put things into proper balance and see the imbalances of our life. And redirect our affections. Number two, being isolated and left alone with him puts us at a place of his true mercy and grace. And the acknowledgement of the call of God despite what other people think. Despite what the world perceives. But to acknowledge the gift of God, I wish somebody just opened their mouth right now and say, I am anointed. I wish somebody opened their mouth right now and say, I am free. I am at peace. I don't care what they say. I am at peace. Being alone with him, we learn to hear his voice and know his heart. And not be distracted by all of the other things of this world. What an idea that the knowledge of the Holy One has been made plain by Him allowing and calling us into aloneness with Him. Shut in with God. And when we come out. And when, say it, when I come through this. And when this is over. I'm going to be powerful. I'm going to be anointed with fresh oil. I'm going to be the liberated is going to be the liberator. I'm going to be at peace. And the one to whom peace was spoken, I'm going to open my mouth and speak peace to it. I'm going to allow God to begin to use me because I've been alone with him. Several months ago here in 2020, of which we so excitedly have left behind. With the exception of this, during Passover 2020, the churches were closed. Most people were kept from congregating in their buildings, gathering together. Neither the Christians nor the Jews could celebrate like they had. And I was doing what I do best. My wife will agree. I was complaining before the Lord. The Bible talks about praying. I leave that to the spiritual folks. I I, uh, do like the psalmist said, and I pour my complaint out to the Lord. And I was complaining to the Lord, and he brought to my attention that this will have only been the second time in human history where his people were quarantined during Passover. First time was the original Passover. When the children of Israel who were in bondage for hundreds of years were being led by this senile, seemingly 80-something-year-old man with anger management issues, couldn't even talk right, who came out of the wilderness and told the rabbis and the leaders, I was talking to a bush on fire, and it told me to go tell the king to let my people go. Uh, Can you imagine how much sense that it made? 
and to shorten the story and the oppression and the confusion and all of the things that were going on socially, emotionally, and politically during that season, suddenly something did happen. The flies started coming. The frogs started coming. The water turns to blood day after day, week after week. It gets worse and worse and worse. So you read in the scripture and you could kind of get the feeling and they begin to complain. Put out this old man. He's caused us more trouble than we've seen in generations. Get him out of here. What is all this craziness? God is bringing judgment upon us. You can hear the complaint. You can hear the frustration as one plague after the other until the ninth plague and then the final plague where God says... Instead of setting you free, I'm going to lock you in. I want you to go in your home. I want you to take a lamb, which represents my ultimate kingdom currency. And I want you to be alone with that lamb. After all of this, his answer to this dilemma was aloneness with him. It was there that first Passover You and I know what it equated to. It equated to deliverance. I submit to you in the spirit world that the first time something is done in Scripture as you study, it's called the law of first mention, which simply means if he talks about it once, it will at least happen one other time, and that will be referred to as the confirmation or the amen. Now, God let that happen one time in history. We know what the rest of the story is. The rest of the story is Israel was delivered, and they entered into the promised land. Now we're in the sea of the amen and God is again going to deliver Israel right before she walks into the promised land there are going to be miracles there are going to be signs there are going to be wonders and it's because we've been alone with him I wish I could get somebody to praise him for just a moment they had witnessed one brutality after another And his recipe was, I want you to lock in with me. Exodus chapter 12 records it. I'll read it in peace. Here's the instructions. Bring the weary, bring the frustrated after all you've been through. Exodus 12 and 3, and every man, I want you to take a lamb according to your house. Take a lamb for the household. Verse 4, if the lamb is too small, bring your neighbor. Verse 5. The lamb is to be male first year without blemish. Verse 6, keep it till the 14th day. Verse 7, after you take the lamb and slay it, take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost on the outside of the house. Moving on down to verse number 10, don't leave any until morning. Verse 11, eat all of it. Verse 12, I'm getting ready to pass through the land of Egypt this night and strike the firstborn in the land of man and beast and execute judgment against the gods of Egypt for I am the Lord. But verse 13 declares it for the blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you he's getting ready to deliver them but he does so by calling them in calling them into intimacy 
It was here in Exodus chapter 12 that we're introduced to divine recipe for deliverance and revival. Number one, get alone with the Lamb. Now there's three times that lambs are spoken of in Scripture or introduced. This is the first time the lamb is introduced and it's introduced for a household. The next time a lamb is introduced is the occasion where the lamb is introduced for the nation of Israel to commemorate their deliverance at Passover annually. So you have a lamb for a house, you have a lamb for a nation, and then you move into the New Testament of the time that John Baptist is there at the river and he sees Jesus coming and he tells everyone, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. So you have a lamb for a house you have a lamb for a nation you have a lamb for the world now everybody wants to change the world everybody wants to change the nation i got news for you washington dc will never change the nation I don't care who sits in power. I don't care what side they sit on. They'll never change this world. They'll never change a nation. But what will change a nation is that which happens in the house of solitude along with him. We want to change the world. And we've tried desperately over the last few years to change the world with all of our socialization and social programs. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But we've had it all backwards. So God said, I'm going to take a space in human history. I'm going to lock you in with me and tell you how to get this thing done. Because if you want to change a nation, the first thing you got to do, Daddy, is get along with Jesus. If you want to change your world, the first thing you need to do, Mama, is get along with Jesus. Problem is, we've had too many church folks sitting on the outside of this thing trying to make changes the other way. And God said, all I've waited for is to get you alone so that I could put some things in you you'd never get any other way. I've just had to get you alone so that I could keep you from complaining. I've had to get you alone to keep you from running and being afraid all the time. I got four amens and the rest of y'all are looking at me like I'm talking right to you. That's the human condition. The human condition is we'd rather hide and pretend like we got it all together and call it church. Let me tell you something. God's not interested in having service. He's interested in having people. God's not interested in having religion. He's interested in having relationship. He wants to get all honey. I feel something trying to get loose in here right now. He's trying to get you along with him so that he can do some things with you behind closed doors he wouldn't dare do in front of folk are you hearing me he's wanting the bride to bring something forth somebody who's been praying for fresh anointing it's falling right now that's all right just take a moment lift your voice lift your hands let the lord begin to work in his sanctuary Can you feel that? Oh, yeah. Alone with him. Here these innocent, fearful, confused, 
village people looking folk who had it all wrong seemingly this band of misfits God said they may look like they're on the short end of the stick but I'm going to get along with them and when they come out they're not going to be the people this isn't your grandma's church that this isn't this weak little old nobody. When they come out of this thing, it's going to be different. Something gets imparted into you when you get along with him and stop listening to the lies and stop caving into the fear and, and all the puke of the world that gets uh, puked into us by the voices and the ideas and all of the mentalities of the earth around us. Something happens when you get along with him and something must have happened because uh, we read uh, the first account uh, of the past Passover, Joshua was just a little boy during the time of the first Passover. He was alone in his daddy's house, but something happened. Something came into that house while he was alone with his daddy because it wasn't just a couple of few days later after that the lamb had been slain in the house and the death angel had passed over Egypt. The Bible said that millions of misfit nobodies stood at the edge of the water with the this old man nigh under 90 way in his 80s who didn't have it together feeble as he could be with the rest of them stood in front of a body of water and it moved out of the way I'm telling you it's miraculous because something happened in their time alone with him that spoke to the elements and told it to move out of the way a people's coming through something happened because Joshua he grew up a little bit and when it came time for them to possess the land of promise when it came time for them to cross Jordan, the Bible said the water moved out of the way again. The Bible said not only did the water move out of the way, but as Joshua and the, the, the priest of Israel and the warriors and the general are trying to conquer the land, there was a battle that raged against them. And as the sun was setting toward the afternoon, the generals recognized if we don't get a little more daylight, this battle's going to head in the wrong direction for the people of God. And Joshua said, I was a boy, but I remember this. We were locked in with the lamb for just a few days. And something got a hold of me. I said, something got a hold of me. Whatever it was, I don't know. But whatever it is, it's going to win this battle. And he looked toward the afternoon sun. And the Bible said, he's told the sun, you stand still in yonder sky until the battle's won. Y'all hear me. But I I've been going through what I've been going through because he's been putting in me what he's been putting in me and it is fit for the battle at hand somebody ought to give God praise somebody ought to shout to the Lord somebody ought to thank him right now and say God I believe in what you're doing in me I believe in what you're doing through me so powerful was their time in the house with the Lamb that when they came to the walls of Jericho, this massive 9, 12, 14 acre complex with walls wide enough, they say, to race chariots on the top of it. This massive complex while this band of misfits without drawing a sword, without ever leveraging a weapon, 
walk up to the wall, whisper, and blow a trumpet, and the complex falls. Where did you get that from? I'll tell you where we got that from. Our time alone with him. How can the miracles that have happened in the Old Testament happen? They happen because of people were called into solitary with him. It's why the lions wouldn't eat Daniel. It's why Joseph had to be delivered from prison. It's why Jesus had to raise out of the third day. Are you hearing me? Alone with him. It was Ruth under the covering of Boaz who is the likeness of our Savior that one night after her rejection after her loss and her near starvation, the near annihilation of the likes of her and her family. It was one night where she got alone with Boaz. It was one night alone with him that brought forth the lineage of King David, that brought forth the lineage of the Christ child, that brought forth the lineage of the anointed ones. It didn't start on a stage. It didn't start in a conference. It came when a leader stood up and said, I want us to get along with him. I don't want you to be afraid of the season that has been upon us. I want you to embrace what is coming upon your household. I want you to embrace it because God is doing something. So folks, this is the beginning of that season. This is the graduation of that season. Somebody in here has wrestled for months with fear and depression and sleepless hopelessness. I'm telling you right now as the Lord liveth, your graduation is about to happen in this house. Somebody else, your body has been such chronic pain that you've had to take twice the medication this year just to try to keep up with the pain. And I just heard the anointed one said, tell her I just healed her body. You tell her I've just vacuumed whatever it was out of her body. Y'all ain't hearing me yet, but you got backslidden family members who've been running from God, talking bad about the church, talking bad about leadership and God said I was just getting them alone with me I'm talking to them right now you better get ready they're coming to pray through this week are you hearing me they're coming to pray through in this altar your adversary ain't going to take you out it forced you into a lockdown that imparted unto you the anointing of God somebody ought to get up and shout right now Stand with me if you will. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell your adversary. You haven't got me boxed into a corner. I'm not alone. I'm anointed. You're not taking my family. I'm wrestling them out of your hand today, right now. I'm not weak. I'm strong. Because whatever it is he's been putting in me, I'm ready to use it right now. Some of y'all, and I realize it's been a strange season. Your worship 
your interaction with God has been so affected that you haven't been able to publicly display your affection for divine. It has corrupted your worship experience. The adversary said, well, God, I'm right where I want him. Alone, afraid, afraid to interact, afraid to hug each other. Which, by the way, there's going to be some hugging going on at some point. Okay? Just, just so you know. If we have to sneak it in, whatever. They're afraid to do everything. The adversary convinced them. Got you right where I want you. Well, you've backed me into a corner. And I've been alone with him. And he's been imparting into me. And I just found out I'm not the victim, but I am the victor. I just found out he was imparting into me and anointing me the whole time. So, devil, you let go of my family. You let go of my shout. You let go of my praise. You let go of my future. Ah, y'all ain't hearing me. You let go of my blessing. You let go of it because you hadn't driven me to this place. He has called me into this place. And we're going to take divine ownership of it right now. I've been alone with him. And therefore, I'm claiming my healing. Therefore, I'm claiming my deliverance. Therefore, I'm getting my shout back. Y'all ought to turn to somebody right now and say, I'm tired of being kept out of these aisles. I'm fixing to shout all over this place. I'm getting ready to get my job back. I'm getting ready to get my strength back. My help has come. I've been somebody ought to just get a hold of somebody and step out of your seat and say, I'm coming up there at the altar area. And I'm going to get anointed with fresh oil. Quick as you can, just step out of your seat. We're fixing to have a prayer meeting. Now, not everybody at once, we need crowd control. You're ready for your miracle? You're ready for your deliverance? Maybe this is your first time. Maybe you come in here and said, wow, these people are crazy. Maybe that's it. That's all right. There you go. There you go. Something happening right here. See that? Wait, God's just getting started. Somebody else. (laughs) Hurry. Hurry. Here it comes, sis. Here it comes. Oh, somebody give God praise. Hallelujah. You need to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. God wants to fill you right now. Instead of feeling sorry for yourself, tell your adversary, say, I've been alone with God. He wants to forgive me. He wants to save me. He wants to help me. I've been alone with the master physician. He wants to heal my body. Touch somebody. Join hands with somebody that's near you if it's appropriate. I want you to pray with somebody right now. And let's ask the Lord to touch us. Let's ask the Lord 
Lord to heal in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the authority of your word by the power of that name oh God master savior your touch right now Jesus This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.